Welcome to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon, where our mission is bringing the good news and demonstrating the kingdom. Join us live for Worship in the Word, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We hope you are encouraged and equipped by this week's word with our senior pastor, Emily Tadro. Did I scare you when I said I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare this morning? Okay. What an interesting, you know, I, I think it was very uh, smart of the Lord to remind us how much he loves us and how for us he is. Because that is, that is the space, that is the place that, um, that anything that is fruitful comes. But especially if you go into a battle, you want to remember. You know, you, you, you see all these war movies where G.I. Joe has got his picture of his family at home. His love is motivating him, right? His family is motivating him to fight. And it's kind of the same thing. God just gave us a picture of love and who, who we are and what we're contending for, who we're contending for. So um, this week, just as I was going through life, I kept thinking about the armor of God. There's a song, I don't even know if it's a good song, but the lady's like, I got my armor on. Do you know that one? It's something about, I know who I am. I don't remember the, anyways, she's unstoppable. That's, it's kind of this rad song. Like, I think it's a girl power song. But I've had that, that line running through my head. We got to get our armor on. Because we have armor available to us. And it's not just, you know, for a costume. It's with purpose. So, um, yeah, we're going to be in Ephesians 6 this morning. And uh, this portion of Scripture is a strong exhortation from the Apostle Paul. You know where he's, he's at while he's given this? Well, really, all of Ephesians comes from this place. Yeah, Paul's in prison. And he writes this strong exhortation at the end of this letter that he wrote to the church. He writes it while he himself is captive. So he understands warfare. And he's currently in a natural spot where he is captive. And this letter, um, he has, you know, all of Ephesians, he's given this really beautiful everyday believer challenge. You know, he's speaking to the everyday believer, a challenge to embrace our heavenly call. which is kind of what happened this morning. Hey, I love you. This is who you are. Embrace who I have called you to be. And Paul challenges us to walk in the authority that we've been given as believers. And all through Ephesians, he gives practical tools um, and pastoral guidance for life in the kingdom and how to walk worthy of the call that we've been invited into. And it's great. Ephesians is one of the, like, pastor's favorite portions of scripture to preach out of because, I mean, it's just so rich. I have been praying the apostolic prayers um, for, I don't know, probably 20 years. God, I pray that you would give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, I just, ah, I love that prayer. There's so many that we would understand that we would know the calling that he has called us into. Um, And in this last portion of the letter, starting in verse 10, 
of chapter 6. The Passion Translation says it like this, and I'm not going to read out of the Passion Translation, but I just am going to say this one line. He says, I have saved these most important truths for last. So he's given us this whole thing about what it is to walk worthy of the calling, what it is to be a believer, what it is, like the authority that we have. And then he says, I have saved this most important thing for last. And then he begins to teach. I think for the first time we see these truths about this is how you go to spiritual warfare. Um, and so I'm going to read this in, you know, you just get stuck in a verse that you've like memorized, the translation. Are you guys like that? Like, I love the New King James for this section because this is like the way that, so I'm going to read it just because I love it um, in the New King James, but then I want to read it in the NIV also. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil, um, you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, girding your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith with you, which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That is not just a mouthful. That is a strategy. Okay, let's read it in the NIV. Do you have that, Bella? It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our, rest, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand... Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, I'll just break this down just a little bit. Um, in verse 10, do you want to put that? We'll just go through it verse by verse for just a little bit. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In 2 Corinthians 6, chapter, or chapter 6, verse 7, he is saying, we commend ourselves to you by our truthful teachings, by the power of God working through us, and with the mighty weapons of righteousness, a sword in one hand and a shield in the other. It sounds kind of similar, doesn't it? So, the power of God working through us that's our authority in Christ. And with the weapons of righteousness. Weapons of righteousness are probably different than weapons of mass destruction or natural weapons, right? 
If you're in a supernatural battle, you need supernatural weapons. And so they're talking about these supernatural weapons. They're weapons of righteousness. A sword in one hand and a shield in another. Okay, so when he says a sword in Ephesians 6, what is he talking about? The word. When he says a shield, what is he talking about? Faith. You know that sword, um, the Greek word that they use, I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. I learned a new Greek word last night I'd never heard before. I won't pronounce that either. But um, this one is a small-ish knife curved to cut. Uh, sounds like a dagger. When the enemy comes in close to you, you use the word of God to cut, to stick it in there. Just get him. You have a, you have a really good, close, hand-to-hand -hand combat weapon. It's not a natural weapon, but they used a natural word that they would understand the coming in close. Like when the enemy is pressing in, we know this scripture, right? When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard. He's giving you a sword of the spirit to get in there with the truth. Jesus modeled this when the devil came in really close to him in the desert and he was taunting him, he was tormenting him, really. He was poking at his identity. If you're the son of God, if you are as fancy pants as everyone says you are, if you can do these miracles, show me, do this thing. Jesus didn't have to answer to him. That's what the enemy does. He comes in and he starts harassing you. He comes in close to your space and he gets in your face and whispers lies in your ears. And you have this nice little sword that's just get on right in the throat with the word of God. Now, I want to go back to we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. These are not people we're talking about. This is the enemy of your soul who hates you, whose whole motivation is to get you off track, to get you discouraged, to wear you down. There's a scripture in Daniel that says that the enemy was buffeting the saints, buffeting, harassing the saints. And it says, in order that he may change the times and seasons. He wants to get in there, buffet you, harass you, torment you, distract you, to get you off course and change the times and seasons. I'm not just talking about from, you know, from fall to winter. I'm talking about your life, your destiny, your call, the breakthrough for the people around you. He wants to wear you down. And you have tools, a sword in one hand and a shield in the other. That also reminds me of Nehemiah when they were called to rebuild. And they had a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. You know, there's just sometimes that God just gives us tools for the season that we're in to push back the enemy. In verse 12, where he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. This is super important. Sometimes I think we feel like we're having to wrestle against flesh and blood. We are not. This is not about people. Although, in this same passage of Scripture, um, you can see the principalities and darkness working within people. And in Luke chapter 22, I believe, yeah, Luke chapter 22 and verse 3, it says, Satan entered Judas. So it wasn't Judas that was the problem necessarily, but he was vulnerable. He was weak. 
in that moment, he came into a place of weakness, and he didn't have his armor on. And it said Satan entered Judas. Then you go further down the, the way here, and um, it, the scene is where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, and Judas betrays Jesus and turns him over to the temple guards, to the, the Pharisees, and all of a sudden, Jesus' disciples are like, it's on. We're ready to, we're ready to go. We're going to fight. I, you know, in Luke, it doesn't say it's Peter, but we know it's Peter. Gets out that little sword, the real sword, and he whacks a guy's ear off. And Jesus says, no. And he speaks to the temple guards, and he says, every day I was with you. Every day I was with you. I was in the temple. You could have done this any time. But now, this is the hour. You didn't lay a hand on me then, but when the spirit of darkness has come in, darkness is what's at work right now. Back in verse 3, Satan entered Judas. Yuck. This is what was at work, though. A spiritual war. And he says, you didn't, you didn't have any desire to lay a hand on me until now the works of darkness are at reign. They're reigning. And then he looks at his disciples and he says, no. He's telling them, he's referring to, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. This is a, this is a bigger thing. This is a principality at work. You're fighting the wrong way. And there's a truth that we live from in this place. That it doesn't matter if the spiritual forces are at work. This is the reality that we stand in. For I am convinced, I live with this confidence, that there is nothing that can separate us. Nothing in the universe, not fallen angels, nor, nor dark rulers, no demons, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And this is the reality from which we stand in. So principalities might be coming in at you. Dark forces might be coming in at you. But actually nothing can separate you from your identity in Christ, that he loves you, what we sang this morning. Nothing can separate you from that. So you don't have to be afraid there's some dark forces going on right now. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Last night, I was at the Love, Inc. Um, fundraiser and uh, just, what would you call it? It was a fiesta. Um, and one of Deb's uh, co-laborers, Roger Peterson, came up to me at the end, and he said, well, Emily, how are you? Are you hopeful and fearless? And I was like, that's a great thing to ask someone. And I was like, I am actually. Yeah, I am hopeful and fearless. Because there's honestly nothing that we have to fear. There is nothing that we have to fear. I dealt with fear on Friday, so I'm human. I had something, the devil harassed me on Friday. Yeah, and for about two hours, I was, like, crying and, like, afraid. And then I was like, this is garbage. This, this isn't even a real thing. This was a whisper, a threat from the outside. This wasn't even anything based on reality. You know, sometimes you get a phone call, and it just messes with you. I got a phone call that messed with me. But it wasn't based in reality, and I'm not saying that there could, it couldn't have been the Lord behind it, but then the enemy twisted what was said to me and got me swirly. It happens, friends. It happens to pastors. It happens to people that will answer the question, I'm hopeful and fearless, yes. <laughs> but what happens when it comes on you, we have armor. We have weapons to fight. So prayer became my weapon and just started combating that thing in prayer. And it, it dissolved. 
like nothingness. You know, when we are fighting, we're not fighting an imaginary fight, we're fighting a real fight, but it's a supernatural fight, right? So, I mean, let's be honest, not everybody thinks this way, but we are a, uh, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Some things are not just natural, they're supernatural. And so if you were to have this spiritual warfare conversation with some people, they might want to get you checked out for mental health or um, some things that are not right in your head. But this is, this is as real as the natural realm. And yet, we can't fight the supernatural realm with natural weapons. They don't work. We have to fight with supernatural weapons. I could go through a bunch of scriptures that back that up. Just for the sake of time, I won't. But when he says, be alert, in First Peter, he says, therefore, with minds that are alert, fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. In Luke, it says, be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. Keep your hearts connected to the Lord. Keep your lamps burning. Um, in 1 Thessalonians, it says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. So we need to be alert. We need to be aware. We need to be ready. And then we need to be aware of the weapons that we've been given to us. Because we are in this battle, um, it's, not, it's, it's not always fun. But I want to shift us into understanding why we're in this battle. And not so much focusing on the battle, but we need to, like, not hide from it because of the day that we live in. Like, I don't need to tell you that the day that we live in is these days that Scripture is talking about. I had to turn, like, we were, we were listening to, the, the truck had just Fox News on, on the station when we got in the truck. And, you know, I'm not usually one to change the channel, like, whatever, I can just tune it out. But today I could not tune it out. I had to just turn it off. I was like, I can't, no, I, I cannot listen to this today about the banks crashing, about this happening, about that happening. No, I'm not going to digest that today. There is a battle, and it's constantly bombarding you from every side. Natural things are actually happening, and we're seeing them, but then the enemy of your soul, the devil, who hates you, is using those things to cause turmoil within us, to buffet us, what, what I've already talked about. And he does it not because he's just so mean. He is so mean. But the main reason he does this, and we know this, is because he doesn't have any other options. He doesn't have the authority that you have. He doesn't have the power that you have. He doesn't have anywhere near close to it. He has some. You know, it's, the scripture says that he's been given the authority over the air. He's the prince of the air for a season, right? That's the only space that he has some authority to wreak havoc in us. So he uses it. And he sends whispers every day. And they go and they're the only things that have any, like, oomph behind them. And he hits you where you're weak. Like, what I'm weak in is not going to be the same thing that Justin's weak in. And he will come. And he will send these distractions. 
He actually knows your authority. He knows who you are. I don't know if you believe that. But he does. So think about what you know that God has called you to do. Everybody in here, like, we're all called to walk, you know, powerfully as sons and daughters. But then some of us have specific things that we've been called to, right? Doesn't the enemy come in and try to hit you in that space that you've been called to time and time again, probably more than any other space? There's such a wrestle. If you're called to be an entrepreneur and to, like, you know, fund things in the kingdom, how often does the enemy come in and hit you in your finances? Every day. Yes. It's this struggle. It's this wrestle. If you are called to healing and you're seeing supernatural healing and all these things, and then it's like someone that you love dearly gets sick, and it challenges you like, oh, I can't even pray for my own whoever the person is, you know? These lies that come in and chip away at our confidence. That's all actually he has. That's all he can do is lie to you and distract you. And so we need to be alert. We need to be ready. The enemy knows his days are numbered. He knows the end of the story. He knows that as long as you don't get out of the fight, you will always be led into triumph. You will always overcome. You will always be victorious. That's what scripture says, right? But if he can get you to give up or just be quiet, not participate, then he's winning. Did you know that sometimes your greatest weapon of spiritual warfare is showing up and holding space? When you feel like, I don't have anything to give, I don't have anything to say, I feel weak today. Sometimes the greatest weapon of spiritual warfare is showing up and holding space. Not today. Not today, Satan. (laughs) I'm holding the line. The enemy is trying to wreak as much chaos to the kingdom of God as he thinks is possible. And he also knows he's defeated. And that makes him hate you even more. Don't you know sometimes you get looking at the wrong thing? That's another weapon that the enemy throws at you. Distraction. Distraction. It usually, in my house, looks like some kind of argument or something within the family, or, you know, just like distraction. Things that, it's like, what were we fighting about again? I don't know. Let's stop. This is totally derailing us from what we're supposed to be doing right now. It's practical, stupid stuff. It's, your tire is flat, and you can't get to where you think you're supposed to go. It's, your car breaks down, and now you have this bill you have to pay. It's, it's, Stupid, small things like that. And it's distraction, and it gets us focused on the wrong thing. And he often does it to us when we're tired. I would say, Justin, it most happens for him when he's hungry. That's our joke. You know, like, I'm sorry for what I said when I was hangry. Have you guys ever seen that? That's a real thing in our house, and not just for Justin. Um, But how many of you have been dealing with sleepless nights lately? What for? 
harassment. So you're distracted with how tired you are? I'm tired today, friends. What if instead of, I mean, I'm speaking to myself here. What if instead of, like, being mad that we're not sleeping? Yeah, what if we put our armor on? For every hour you harass me, I will pray. I will contend. You messed with the wrong guy. We're not powerless. And keep your love on. This is the this is the mantra. We are powerful. Not because we are so great in our own, because, but because we are children of God. And he is powerful. And he has made us in his image. And we carry the same authority. We're not victims. We're not even victims of the devil. He doesn't get that spot in our life. But sometimes, friends, myself included, we give him that spot. So we need to renounce that. And we need to put our armor on. You know, the past several weeks we've been talking, this may seem like a departure because we've been talking about uh, who God is for us in the midst of hard things. They are not a paradox, actually. These go together. This is, this is like fuel for you for while you're in the hard thing. We are, we are all going to go through hard things. Probably we are all going through hard things right now. But we have armor. And it's not decorative. It's not to enhance our outfit. It is to get us to where we need to go. It is to help us walk powerfully and strong and protected. And sometimes it looks like Psalms 91, the, sh- the wings of God wrapping around us. But every day it's that breastplate of righteousness, that helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, and prayer. I think I forgot one. Oh, our feet being shod, the preparation of the gospel. Do you know what that means? It's not just that you go around preaching the gospel, although that's great. That's part of it. It's actually understanding the gospel in your own life, what you've been saved from and who you are. And where you walk, the authority that you carry, your feet carry the good news. I've been bought with a price. My life is not my own. I belong to Jesus. And guess what? When I walk into this room, I carry an open heaven because Jesus gave me one. So I actually walk into this space in peace, in confidence, knowing that I shift the atmosphere because Christ in me, the hope of glory, is leaking out all over the place. And it gives me peace, and it gives everyone around us peace. When chaos is raging, we stand firm. I love how the NIV says the devil's schemes because... All he has are schemes. I can't reiterate that enough. Do you know what a scheme is? It is an illegal plan. It is a devious plan with intent to do harm. It's a scheme. It's corrupt. And that's all he has. So we wear the armor to keep us from being vulnerable to schemes. Sometimes when you're vulnerable to a scheme, it's because you don't have knowledge, right? Or you don't have understanding. That's why, um, like those jerks that get on the internet and send people emails about 
your social security is vulnerable. They target elderly people who don't understand technology. It is evil. And it's a scheme. It's literally called a scheme. And what is the best way to protect yourself from that if you're elderly? Learn some technology. Don't be afraid of a tool that you've been given. And people are giving senior classes to like teach them about these things. And some of it is just basically like, this is a scheme, this is a scheme, this is a scheme. Don't be vulnerable to the scheme. Knowledge equips you to not be vulnerable. If we are vulnerable to the schemes of the devil, we don't want to like focus on the devil, but we need to know though his stupid tactics. And his tactics are to wear you down, to distract you, to whisper lies, and when you're not looking to stick his foot out and trip you. And that's literally all he has. And he's going to hit you in your area of call. He's going to hit you where your heart is connected. He's going to try and lie to you about your family. He's going to hit you where um, you ha might have some insecurity already. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your identity. Whatever your area that you're already vulnerable, that's going to be the spot that the enemy is going to try and come in. We have to be alert and be sober and be aware to his stupid tactics. And then combat them with faith. You're saved with truth. What, where do you find truth when truth is relative in culture? Yes, thank you, Karen, for displaying that truth right there. You get it in the word of God. Is there any other way you can get truth? What about the living word? How do you encounter the living word? There's the written word and the living word. Face to face, what we did this morning, intimacy, abiding in the vine, being connected, They're, they're intricately connected. Truth. You got to know. You got to know truth himself to understand truth when he speaks. And this is so simple. And you can't cower. You can't be afraid. Because there's nothing to be afraid of. This is going to sound like a stupid, I'm trying to decide if I should even say it. Maybe I shouldn't say it. Well, I was going to talk about volleyball. I'm not going to say it. What did you say? Now you're curious. Well, let's just use an un- we won't, we're not talking about the West Albany Bulldogs here. Um, but one of the strategies for winning a contest, or shall we say a battle of two teams, is to know your opponent and to know their strengths and to know their weaknesses. So when you go into one of those contest, you are prepared for that. You watch film, you watch the team in warm-ups, you learn about maybe they have the best hitter in the state. Do they like to hit line every time? Yep, they do. What do you do? And if you don't understand volleyball, I'm sorry, but if they are the best hitter in the state. The strategy is not to cower and cover and hope that you can get the pass up. It's to put your best blocker in front of the best hitter and 
go up and go hard every time and push forward. Did you know when you're blocking, if you just stand straight up, the ball's going to go off your hand and it's going to deflect. And it may go out of bounds and it might be your fault. So if you're a good blocker, you go up and you push forward. But you don't cower and cover. I happened to see a game where that's what they did. And it was fear-based. And they got slaughtered. One, it was because they weren't prepared. Two, because they didn't trust who they were and what they had. And they were just ducking for cover. I'm going to tell you, friends, if we duck for cover when the enemy or the best hitter in the state, who is not an enemy, she's a brilliant, wonderful girl. But if he's coming in and it looks like he's going to pound you, don't duck for cover. Go up strong and push forward. Resist the devil. Push back. Because in this situation, we're not talking about volleyball anymore. We're actually talking about spiritual warfare. And when you push back, he flees. That's what the word of God says. If we know the word, we go, when you push back, he flees. I just want to see a fight rise up on the inside of us. Because some of us have been being harassed by the enemy. And he's hitting you where it matters most. In the thing that you treasure the most. He's getting you in the things that get you the most distracted. And the most outside of like doing the stuff that you were called and created for. It's not right that we're getting ripped off in our finances. Now, we need to partner with heaven and use wisdom. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying everything's the devil's fault. But when it's constant bombardment and it's constantly the rug getting pulled out, happening in our church to the larger community when we have been constantly hit, 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 what do we do? Do we just go, oh, I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and get this pass. I'm going to, I'm trying to get it up. I'm just going to, whatever happens, I'm just going to take it. We'll just deal with it as it comes. No, hell no. No. We go up strong and we push back. Hands up. It's time to pray. Yes. And you know what? The best block is when two blockers go together, and they do it in unity. Did you know? I mean, it doesn't just happen. by They, they count. They're like, okay, ready? One, two, drop. They, they lock in, and the outside one sets the block, and usually it's the middle person who gets the block, and they look like the superstar, but little right side blocker or little left side blocker is the one that set the pin. And got them strategy, and they got them ready, and they went up together. And together, they push back. And they resist. And there's something about that in prayer. It does not matter who gets the glory here. And just for stats' sake, if both blockers go up, both blockers get the stat. This is stupid. It's not about volleyball. But it's like, that's the world that I live in, and God uses practical things. Together, grab one person, grab two people, grab five people, and let's go up together, knowing who we are, wearing the full armor of God, that we can withstand all the stupid schemes of the enemy, and he is throwing them at us. We cannot duck and cover. It is a terrible strategy, and it's not the one that God laid out for us. And I'm like worked up. I'm tired of the rug getting pulled out. And to this week, for some reason, I'm just like, actually, this is because the devil knows who we are. 
Yes. But you know who else knows who you are? The one that formed you, the one that made you, the one that put his spirit in you. And he is for you. He is not against you. He is with you. He is filling you. He's empowering you. Everything that you need to win this battle, he has given to you. We just got to stay in the fight. We got to link arms. We got to go up and in together and push back. Some of the best games are won in defense. I could talk about more sports analogies, but I won't. But I will say that my little Audrey was so cute at Powderpuff this week. She had multiple interceptions and a catch where she ran like 50-something yards for the touchdown. That was a defensive move. Ready and alert. Oh, I see you throwing that ball the wrong direction. Okay, this is like Powderpuff, so it doesn't really matter. But this is when girls play football flag football at homecoming. But if you ever watched a football game, like games shift when people are sober and alert and they're ready. I was reading a little bit about just war strategies. Most of the war strategies that are out there, I mean, there's like the shock and awe, that's what America does, right? Just bomb the heck out of them. But a lot of war, like what's happening in Ukraine right now, we won't get into all of that, but their strategy is to wear down the Ukrainian people, to starve them out, to keep harassing them in hopes that they will give up and give up their land. It's an evil strategy. It's wicked. And there's lots of weirdness and corruption all through that, I know. I know. But you know what? There are an innocent people with a heart that are saying, no, we'll push back. We will push back. And guess what, friends? That is what I feel the Lord saying to us as a body, as a people. Like, I think we've been a little bit shell, not shell shocked, not the right word. What is it? Like flashbang. Like when you have like, the big boom and it just causes chaos and you are like stunned and you can't see and maybe hear and all that. Like we've been in that season for too long. We need to put our armor on. We need to get that helmet on our head. We need to put that belt on our waist. Get our shield, our sword, all of those things. Make sure our feet are ready and our prayer is right there. Walking together with people and push back. Push them back, push them back, way back. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'll just start talking about sports more if I don't. Let's pray. Let's pray. We are in a season to be sober and alert. If never before, the season is now. It's going to get a whole lot weirder and a whole lot harder. It is. I promise you. But we do not have to be afraid. We can answer the question. I am hopeful and I am fearless and I'm ready. I got my armor on. Mm -hmm. I got my armor on and I am ready. And we need to find blockers. We need to find people to link arms with and to push back. Push back. We are not going to be like those who duck for cover. We're not going to be like those, as Scripture says, who shrink back. But we push forward in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I pray for this house. I pray for a fresh infilling of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, a confidence in who we are in Christ. Lord, I pray for a stirring up of the gifts of the Spirit right now in Jesus' name. 
I pray, Lord, for our prayer language to get dialed up more and more and more, that we find ourselves throughout the day praying in the Spirit as Scripture has challenged us to do. Pray in the Spirit, in all things, in all things, praying in the Spirit. Lord, turn up our prayer life. Turn up our prayer life. And Lord, I pray that we would be vigilant in these days, that we would be alert, we would be sober-minded, recognizing the day that we are in, that we would not be overtaken with the lies of the enemy, that we would not fall for his stupid schemes, but we would see them for what they are, and that we would push back and we would just begin to declare the truth in the name of Jesus. Declare the truth. And I pray just even for an awakening in our hearts, Lord, of the word of God, that we would just devour your word, Lord, and that it would be in us and that it would bubble up and out of us. And Lord, if we don't know your word, I pray for a hunger for your word right now in Jesus' name. Would you stir it up, Holy Spirit? A love for your word, a love for truth. Lord, thank you that you have equipped us. You have given us the shoes for combat. And it is the confidence that we have in your gospel. Who you are, what you have done, what you have given to us, and who you have made us to be. In Jesus' name. I break off right now in the name of Jesus. That spirit of sleepiness. No more. That flashbang thing, that trauma that has come and has lulled us into this place of ah, shrinking back. I break that off right now in Jesus' name. And I pray for just a confidence to rise up, to push back. Strength on the inside. Strength on the inside. Strength on the inside. Not that we muster it up, that we have to conjure it up on our own, but God, it is an infilling of Holy Spirit, an empowerment that comes straight from heaven. Rise up in us, in Jesus' name. And Lord, I I pray, in a month from now, we see the enemy push back, that we come back here and we go, yeah, something shifted today, something changed My awareness of the schemes of the enemy has been heightened. And my confidence to push back and to see the breakthrough has risen up. Lord, I thank you for testimonies that are about to come that we haven't seen yet, but we are about to. And I declare it in Jesus' name. A month from now, we will be amazed at the shift that has happened in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon. If you would like to be a part of seeing people encounter God, experience transformation, and be equipped to advance the kingdom, you have the opportunity to partner with us through giving at jesuspursuit.org forward slash give. Together, we can make Jesus famous in Albany, the Northwest, and the nations. We hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time.